This is a Gorilla Podcast Network production. Welcome to the Late Night Potluck Show. Potluck Show. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to the Late Night Potluck Show, Episode 9. Here's your host, Dave, hanging out here with Riel. We got our special guest for tonight. Definitely excited for tonight. Um, let's just jump right in. Riel, what do you got? Anything going on? What's on your mind? I know. So we're missing people today. <laughs> no, we don't have uh, Raquel. Marsha. Marsha. Manny. Yeah, you know, things happen, you know. They, you know. they must have heard I was coming. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, um, it's been busy, you know. Um, I know Riel's, um, I'm sorry, uh, Manny was traveling to Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, there was um, a situation, a uh, loss in the family. Okay. And, um, yeah, I know Marsha's been busy with work, and uh, I'm not sure what's going on. Um, yeah. I'm sure she's busy as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you look at follow her on um, Instagram, you'll see all the, the shit. Yeah, a pinch of salt, right? Salt. I mean, she's she's, she's everywhere. She like, goes to TV shows or whatever. Yeah, she's different, on WTV. She's so. all over. Um, right, we know she's busy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is a tradition. We bring a dish in every every episode. Um, this right here, it was my turn to bring something in. But um, this right here, shout out to my wife Jesse. She, everybody loves her mac and cheese. It's a bomb. Oh, that looks phenomenal. Right? Um, and of course, the matching. Absolutely. Hot sauce. So, you know, I like to, you know, Kelvin here, our, our guest Kelvin coined it uh, Angry Mac. <laughs> Angry Mac. Now, I have to have mac and cheese with hot sauce. It just, just doesn't feel right without hot sauce. <laughs> gotcha. Um, yeah, if you don't mind. Um, Look, looks good. Breaking bread. We're here. Uh, I'm happy. It's a privilege to be invited. Uh, number nine. Episode number nine. Kelvin Ayala. Um, let's, uh, yeah, let me know what you think. And I'll talk let, about let, let's, I, I just got past some mac and cheese. I'm going to throw Dave's Angry Sauce right on here. The habaneros, fire roasted. Let's see what we're working with. Oh, yeah, look at that. Fire it is. Fire it up. Fire in a hole. If you need a cer- second serving, just let me know. So, uh, the wife kind of explained this to me. Um, she starts off with a, a roux, some melted butter with uh, some flour. Phenomenal. And, um, she, she, you know, she grates, uh, you know, some uh, white and yellow cheddar. Thickens the roux up. That's great flavor. Season it up. Then the bread, the, 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 the panko mix on top. Oh, the panko mix. Oh, that's a, gives it a little crunch, a little yeah. texture. So very cool. Um, cool to be here with some fellow foodies. Tasted some mac and cheese. Very good stuff. That angry sauce is um, very angry. <laughs> very <Dave>. angry. <laughs> This is your first time trying the angry sauce? I've had it before. Um, I don't think I've tried this fire this uh, fire roasted. I tried some. Oh, maybe it was that. Is this the hottest among the three? This, this is, is the hottest. hottest right? Right. Yeah. So if you if you had the ones that like from GBI, that was 
I'm typically sure. a mild guy. I'm not yeah. a big uh, hot sauce person. Mm-hmm. Um, when my cuisine and stuff like that, I, I kind of like flavoring and, and uh, in terms of seasoning and spices and, and that route. But I have an appreciation for what what you guys do with hot sauce and other uh, you know cool things. Right. So when usually when I like go to events or shows, I I don't not only have my house sauce for sampling, it's I create something with it. So for example, you know, a blue cheese dip, it's featuring my house sauce. So it's not, so I'm, I like, everybody thinks of house sauce, you're just putting house sauce mm-hmm. in the food, but you can actually create other things right. with you know, Yeah, I was worried, I always worry if the hot sauce is gonna overpower the flavor of food. Yeah. Right. And um, you know, you, you wanted to compliment. The, the, right. the dish as much as possible and I will say the um, angry sauce is very complimentary to your white smack which that's a great one to cheese and care it's a way of guiding actually the consumer it's like oh hey you can put this in your favorite food you can put this in our, yeah. so yeah. When, they, when they walk up to your table and they're like oh, I don't do house sauce. yeah you know? so like what do you do guacamole guacamole oh yeah, yeah. I love guacamole well try this guacamole you know they lo- you love it this actually has the habanero line. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry, the jalapeno line, and they they're intrigued. You know, like something different. You know, it, it doesn't overpower the guacamole. It just adds a little kick to it. And you know, but you know, I, I get it. You know, hot sauce, spicy food is not for everybody. You know. That's true. But there's just a growing number of people liking hot sauce. Even kids like hot sauce now. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially, I mean, you see the kids now with tacos. Oh. And, and uh-huh. just what a fad that is. And and I, I mean, I see the kids buying this thing and. And gobbling it up. Yeah, it's funny because my daughter's seven years old and she eats takis. I was like, I'm offering like, hey, you want some angry sauce? She's like, no. Like, come on, it, you. I think takis is hotter some of the some. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so. <laughs> All right. Um. Yeah, I'm glad you guys enjoyed this uh, recipe. Yeah, very good. Uh, well, well, we we didn't get the full recipe, but um, we'll, we'll have to. I'll, I'll have to petition the wife to figure out the blend of cheese and and stuff going on but very good very good so great way to start start the uh the evening you know food brings us together you know that's there you go so um kelvin talk about uh, introduce yourself uh and tell tell the audience what you do Wow. And, and you are a man of many <laughs> shoes. Um, I, 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 I'll try to su- surmise. Uh, first and foremost, gentlemen, thank you for uh, inviting me here to the Late Night uh, Potluck Show. Uh, happy to be here with um, with you guys. I know we're missing part of, the, part of the team, part of the crew, um, but all is well. My name is Kelvin Ayala. Um, born and raised in the great city of Bridgeport. Um, I get involved in a lot of different things so I'm a, a, I'm what you call a serial entrepreneur um, so I have a lot of uh, business depth and knowledge that uh, I always love to share I have a strong um, background in the hospitality uh, consulting business and um, information technology uh, I go you know way back into a lot of different types of businesses through my consulting uh, that I've done over my 20-year career um, in business consulting. Prior to that, I used to be an avionics engineer uh, at Sikorsky Aircraft. So kind of a kind of transition, but basically I've been pretty much um, 
self-employed dating back to maybe 99 okay, at, at this okay. point. Like so, um, so I, you know, I, I got a wealth of, uh, of knowledge and, and experience and, and, you know, working with either corporate partners or, or small businesses or, um, you know, all kinds of types of businesses. So I, I have a pretty strong uh, business development background. Uh, in terms of what I currently do, so first and foremost, let me just plug, I do own a restaurant downtown Bridgeport, Moe's Burger Joint, 997 uh, Main Street, right downtown in the heart of the city. And uh, we um, are probably, what I would like to say, one of the best family-friendly burger joints in the state. we got a great complimentary menu with some cool items, and um, people tend to enjoy what we do. Is that by the, the Arcade Mall or next block over? Yeah, good question. It, it, we are actually part of the Arcade Mall. We are one of the front-facing um, storefronts of, of the Arcade Mall, right on 997 Main Street. Okay. And uh, we're flanked by artisan craftsmen, and we are directly across the street on the world-famous Jimmy's uh, Hip Hop Clothing, or, or mm-hmm. what we used to dub as kids at Jimmy Johnny and Navy Store. So we are le- directly across the street, uh, stone throws away from the Holiday Inn. Um, so right there, same side as Dunkin' Donuts, uh, if anyone knows the, uh, the area. Um, so, um, I have the, uh, the restaurant there and, uh, this is 2019 marks nine years downtown Bridgeport for Moe's Burger Joint. Oh, nine years already. Nine oh, years already. Wow. So the doors open at Moe's Burger Joint in October, 2010. Okay. So by October be nine, nine years in the great city of Bridgeport. So we'd like to say we're doing something, uh, pretty, pretty cool there. Um, my company is PC Flex Consultants. And I am a, a uh, business and economic development consultant, and I work with um, business owners, small, medium, and large, depending on what their um, what their needs are around the state. I work with a lot of real estate developers, um, working on uh, economic development projects, consulting, um, and trying to look at cool ways to reinvigorate the state and drive our economy. I'm also interested in, in the arts and what it does in terms of driving economies and tourism mm-hmm. and a lot of areas. And I used to live in Hartford and I recently moved back, I won't say recently, but I moved back to my hometown of Bridgeport back in 2013. And I've kind of replanted my roots and really started to funnel and get more um, active uh, back within the greater Bridgeport community. I've always had a ton of contacts and resources, so I'm kind of re-engaged and got involved. And, and one of the things that led me to was working with a lot of entrepreneurs downtown Bridgeport, uh, specifically the small business merchants who found that they were struggling and that maybe the city or the municipality wasn't doing enough to do uh, outreach. Okay. Downtown has changed. Uh-huh. You know, when we grew up as kids, everyone was downtown Bridgeport. Everyone wanted to be downtown. It was the cool spot to be. That's where the High mall was. High-ho center. High-ho center. Um, uh, you know, people wanted to go down there, hang out. I mean, it was the place to go. Um, those years have changed. And what we found was that um, downtown can still be a cool place to be. We have great merchants and entrepreneurs that want to get involved and grow our okay. downtown base. But there was no synergy of how to think, make things happen. And the other thing is that we traditionally thought that there are institutions out there that are basically working to help 
downtown merchants or businesses, okay. whether it was, um, you know, some offices within City Hall, whether they're Bridgeport Chamber of Commerce, whether they were other business type entities and groups. And we quickly found out that either they were asleep at the wheel, okay. did not understand the change in commerce within okay. the city of Bridgeport, and really didn't understand how the urban landscape has changed and how commerce translates to us, you know, now. It's, it's, it sounds like there's a lot of interest from small, uh, from individuals, entrepreneurs, but it seems like what you're mentioning is that there's nothing that integrates everything together. Or like there's a, there, there's a you know, breakdown in communication somewhere. One is not communicating well, the other or doesn't understand each other. So how are you addressing that? 100%. So just let, let me just state that this problem is not unique to the city of Bridgeport, okay. right? But we we feel it because we're here at home but this is a, an issue nationwide but let's just talk about city of bridgeport we came together as a bunch of downtown merchants and we started something called the do tank okay and it was basically um our way of coming up with a think tank but we're doers oh, so right. it's one thing to have to do a think tank and come up with ideas another thing to do stuff and execute mm-hmm. out of the do tank came um a few of us who were like-minded came together and we formed a strategic planning group called I Love Bridgeport. Okay. All right. So I Love Bridgeport has grown over the last six years to make a huge, significant imprint and have our DNA in a lot of business and economic development community initiatives throughout the city of Bridgeport, uh, specifically with a focus on downtown. Um, we run the downtown Thursdays concerts on the green, which is a huge economic driver nice. and bringing people down there. Okay. Uh, the Bridgeport Art Fest, we reactivated the Bridgeport Arts and Culture Council. We've also um, implemented the Downtown Merchants Association. Uh, again, because we thought there were entities out there that were speaking on behalf of the merchants, mm-hmm. and then we find out that that was not the case. In fact, we had people that spoke for us mm-hmm. and never engaged us. So oh. that's a huge conflict of interest. So exactly. we wanted to make sure that if we're going to be represented at the table, mm-hmm. we're representing ourselves. Um, so with that, I Love Bridgeport has continued to grow and work with um, uh, community agencies. We work with real estate developers looking to come into the city and do and do business. I Love Bridgeport has become the most recognizable marketing brand for the city. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've done this without any city financial resources Great. Oh. we've done it 100% bootstrapping a business the mm-hmm. way you get things done right? and um, then get things done quicker I guess if we get know. things done quicker we're lean we don't have the bureaucracy okay. yeah um, we have a great team that's focused a great team of consultants that have come together and put all our talents behind uh, what we said we, we, we were gonna need to do part of that is now we've opened up a new business downtown Bridgeport called the Collab Exchange, which is a retail co-op where we engage entrepreneurs who um, typically have a product or a brand that they're building, whether it's clothing, uh, bottled package products, um, artwork, uh, any, we're we're in the gig economy now. So we're we're engaging people that are starting to build their their own brand and looking to create um, their own income streams. Okay. But the scope of how retail has changed, we're into boutique shopping now. We don't need these massive 2,000 and 3,000 square feet retail spaces. If you look at an old legacy city like the city of Bridgeport, these spaces are cavernous 
they're too expensive for a small entrepreneur mm -hmm. to to open up a storefront. The barrier of entry is too high. Exactly. So what we did was I Love Bridgeport engaged with um, our real estate partners and we started to go throughout the downtown and taking over empty and blighted storefronts by putting together leases and packages and working together with other entrepreneurs, reducing the risk mm -hmm. and pulling our resources and monies together. And now we co-own the store. And that's where the, the co-op model comes in. Okay. So we sell membership packages to entrepreneurs and they in turn receive professional business development from consultants such as myself and my business partner, Natalie Price. And they in turn get access to uh, creative uh, co-working space, okay. as well as retail space on the shelves, uh, downtown Bridgeport, where otherwise that barrier of entry would be too high yeah. and they would not have access to that. Um, so we're helping the people to grow and build and scale their brands. And shameless plug, next week, Saturday, March 30th is the official ribbon cutting for not only the collab exchange, but we've also activated that entire building, which went from five empty storefronts to now there's four storefronts that are opening there within a six month period because of the work and activity that I Love Bridgeport has done. Um, and we've done that independently of you know city aid or any other agency. So it just goes to show that the doers, the entrepreneurs, the business people, we're the stakeholders, we have the ideas, we have the talent, we have the energy and the resources. We can't depend on someone else to help build and grow and define our city. That's not what they do. Um, they try to help and guide, but at the same time, a lot of these people that are making decisions that impact a city like Bridgeport, they don't live there, they don't work there. They, I mean, they, they work there, but they don't live there, they don't play there. Okay. They don't have the same vested interest that entrepreneurs such as ourselves have. You know, right, so. downtown is, is, is very it's high, like all the lawyers and all the you know, judges, because the courthouse, is, right. is the Golden Hill uh, courthouse, and we have the Supreme Court. Yeah, we have, we, have, we have one yeah, government. We have three three, court, three courthouses in the mm -hmm. city of Bridgeport. I mean, we laugh as merchants downtown, and we play around, and we say, you know, hey, um, you know, our, 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 our tourist initiative is in, is open season now, you know, the jury duties happening. That's like our, our tourist attraction, okay. people coming to jury duty. jury duty. So they have to come and explore downtown because 90% of the time they, they leak out and they're okay. looking for a good place to eat. Right. And um, we need more people to embrace uh, downtown again, specifically Bridgeporters. But we do a good job actually attracting out of towners. Okay. And we have some cool, unique attractions in a city like ours, just like other cities. Right. Um, but we have cool, unique attractions that don't exist other places. Uh, it's funny because that's how my wife discovered the, the arcade mall. She was uh, at jury duty. Oh. And she's not oh. from Bridgeport, so she goes to jury duty and I guess uh, she ventured off with a couple of uh, other uh, attended jury duty. And an outer town was giving a tour to my wife. It took her to the arcade ball and she fell in love with the <laughs> wow. arcade ball. Yeah. It's a gorgeous building. For anyone listening, 1001 Main Street downtown. Okay. The, the arcade mall is one of the first enclosed mall concepts in the whole entire United States. And that was built in 1865. And it got restored in 2008. And Moe's Burger Joint is the oldest tenant in that building since, since it got restored. Yeah. Um, that said, you know, the, 
like any business, a lot of businesses have come and gone. Um, it's still very tough to get foot traffic downtown, sustainable foot traffic. There was a wedding held in there. Oh, absolutely. It's a, it's a gorgeous building. You can rent it out. Um, Bridgeport Neighborhood Trust, who I've done some uh, some work with in the past, they hold their annual fundraiser there, their annual masquerade ball inside of the arcade mall there's been small concerts uh downtown merchants association we've been we brought uh bands in there uh before to play and hang out and and uh so it is a great attraction we got to utilize it more and we got to continue to do things that drive traffic and when you drive traffic the cool thing is business people come together networking events are awesome mm -hmm. people exchange ideas people exchange energy and i think that's the most important thing when we talk about business um you have to start exchanging energy you know good vibes good vibes lead to you wanting to exchange your business card with the next person and one thing i find very unique about bridgeport is we have such a strong cultural diverse base and awesome creative eclectic audience uh, a wide range of people from all walks of life, but we all understand and appreciate everybody's hustle mm -hmm. and what's going on. And um, so I think a, a lot of times we meet in various circles and you feel this great positive energy and flow. And I, I tell you, I just wish for a, a lot of, a, a few of us hit louder or something so that we can all help and, and put some capital behind a lot of the, the ideas and, and, and work that a lot of us are uh, working on right now. So, okay, so you, you pretty much, that was a, a long description, you, you, you have PC Flex, right? Uh, yes, I have PC Flex Consultants, I have I Love Bridgeport, I have the most Burger Joint, and um, for right now, that's pretty much the, the, the majority of, of what I have uh, wow. going on. And, and of course, I, I, I touch um, on, on a couple other things in terms of volunteering and, okay. and, and and work with other groups and stuff like that. I've also had a, a nonprofit in the city of Richmond called Reaching Higher Ground uh, for a long time, but we're doing um, mentoring and youth leadership development through volunteerism, where we teach kids, you know, when you volunteer, how you can start giving back to the community, how that can lead to building up your self-esteem and, and all of those kind of things. So, so I'm, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, let's talk about, because um, I want to touch on uh, all of that, um, but let's go back to Moe's Burgers. So you say nine years? Nine years. So let me let me just get into that uh, story. So um, I got into the, the hospitality business and consulting through, through um, my information technology uh, side. Okay. I was a computer geek. Um, and then you ventured into food. Okay. I ventured into food by mistake. So it, by mistake. it's funny. Okay. So, but first of all, my my me learning the hospitality business came from the great employers at McDonald's. Mm. All right. All right. So when I was in high school, I worked at McDonald's for two and a half years, and it was by far one of the most fun jobs I've ever had in my life. Okay. And I learned so much about just how a franchise thinks, mm -hmm. how they monetize things, how they quantify things from tracking assets, inventory, labor. Um, it's amazing the machine mm -hmm. besides the flipping burgers. Yeah, a lot of people think the McDonald's is in, in the burger business. You're in the real estate business. You're in the real estate yes. business. <laughs> yeah, funny story about that. So I, I remember being, um, so I was considered a good employee. And I remember, like like yesterday, 1992, I got invited uh, to with some other you know, young managers of McDonald's corporate to go to the McDonald's Basketball Hall of Fame oh. uh, game 
which was uh, at in Springfield, Mass. And that was a big year in 92 because that was when the Fab Five were all in high school. Mm-hmm. And, Michigan and, and you know, the Michigan Fab yeah. Five. I remember Glenn Robinson from, that went to Purdue, Travis Best that went to Georgia Tech. It, that was probably one of the best classes in basketball, that 1992 class. Mm-hmm. Long story short, in a suite, uh, a gentleman pulled me aside from Chicago that was with McDonald's corporate, and he asked me, what business are we in? I said, we're in the burger business. He said, no, we are in the real estate business. He said, McDonald's owns more real estate than the Catholic Church, and we have the most, the most sought-after real estate in the United States. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that always stuck with me because, you know, I thought to myself, I'm like, man, you know, McDonald's is a big place, um, but they own this real estate that has so much value, and its value, it's they monetize it through the burgers and the franchises and all of that. Everybody create all these jobs and make it sustainable. Mm-hmm. But it's sustainable because of location, location, location. That's true. So very cool. So fast forward with the Moe's Burger Joint, uh, I got into the hospitality business through computers because I started doing point of sale retail and uh, restaurant systems. Back in 1999, a buddy of mine I went to uh, college with was opening up a restaurant in Hartford, Connecticut. And he says to me, hey, Calvin, there's this company called Micros, and they want to charge me $38,000 to install a computer system for my restaurant. All right. Now, this is 1998-ish, 99, around there. And he says, you could do this, man. It's just software. You're selling computers already. At that point, I had a computer store on East Main Street in Bridgeport. Um, and that was kind of my side hustle because I was still working as an engineer. Uh, so I looked into it, dove in. Found a, uh, a company that I partnered with and became a reseller. And next thing you know, I did my first restaurant installing computer systems. Uh, and I'll just say I did it for a lot less than the $38,000. But that opportunity, that experience, that network mm-hmm. from a friend of college, which was one of my fraternity brothers. Shout out Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated. Blue Pi, just putting that out there. Um because of my fraternal brother who said, hey, man, come in, check this out. See if you can do me a solid and look into this. I did my first restaurant. From that restaurant, I met so many other people that were referred to me because of the good job that I did. And before you know it, I started installing computer systems for restaurants um, throughout uh, the state of Connecticut. Then that led me into New York City, Brooklyn, Queens, and more referrals like that. I've done systems all the way from Boston, Massachusetts, all the way to Philadelphia. This is before the touchscreen. No, no, no. This is touchscreen. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh no, no. We're talking touchscreen at this point. Okay. But the, you know, there was there was a, it was pretty brutal competition back then. But I was undercutting a lot of people, and you know, personal. At the end of the day, it's business, right? You got to provide good customer service. Mm-hmm. You have to provide, um, you know, that that camaraderie with people, understanding them. You have to do a lot of listening in business. Right. Right, you can't help you can't help anyone in business unless you give them uh, something that they really need. Right, I didn't want to come out like a salesperson, um, so I did a lot of listening. But in that time frame, you know, I I um, installed a lot of systems through restaurants, so uh, restaurants, bars, nightclubs, and then that led me to a client that I met who um, owned about fifteen restaurants, and he says to me, Kelvin, I want to open up a burger joint. So we worked on putting together this Moe's Burger joint concept. His name, his nickname is Moe. And the first Moe's Burger joint opened up in 2007 in Greenwich. 
and then opened up in Coscob, uh, Stanford, Connecticut in 2009 time frame. And then later in 2009, I had a different client that opened up in Bridgeport. That business did not last. And I reached out to Moe's Burger Joint, the owner there, and I said, hey, man, I got a great location for you on Bridgeport. So I dragged him kicking and screaming because I believe in the great city of Bridgeport, man. Mm -hmm. I'm like, we need this downtown. And that burger joint opened. Uh, a few years later, the opportunity came up. He was looking to sell, and I ended up buying him out. But it was a concept I was familiar with. I worked in it, helped design it. So I was pretty comfortable um, jumping in, in into the fray. So that's how... Uh, uh, came to own the, the most burger joint and then I refined the menu a little bit and perhaps the biggest change I did was I transitioned the restaurant to a table full service table restaurant so oh, okay. that that's huge for me because we wanted to change the dining experience from going to a McDonald's or Wendy's where you just walk up to the register place your order sit down right. and eat it right. okay you know it, so it definitely has a retro feel to this pretty good vibe um, you can sit at the bar, you can sit at the booth, and it, has a, it takes you back. At least you feel that way for me. Yeah, it, it's the, the concept was a 50s style throwback, 50s style, okay. yeah, you know, uh, soda fountain shop. So we specialize in root beer floats and uh, smoothies, of course, milkshakes. People come in for the milkshakes, and yeah. we do nice hand dipped milkshakes with real nice. ice cream. And uh, we have, a, of course, we have burgers, fries, we do great wings, cheesesteaks, chicken sandwiches. Salad wrap. Right, so we have got, a pretty got some classics there. Yeah, we got a nice little pretty diverse menu, right. you know. But so we, we bring a different vibe, and and I think we've been um, uh, good for the city and and downtown and just having a nice mix. What was your biggest challenge with with Mo's Burgers? Um, yeah. So biggest biggest challenge has been is trying to um, you know we don't have enough foot traffic downtown Bridgeport. Okay. So as good as, as the feedback has been for the restaurant over the years, um, in order to grow and continue, you know, we need to get more people to come downtown. Um, fighting the perception of just Bridgeport. Mm -hmm. You know, people have a perception of the city that is really untrue. Downtown is one of the safest places to be, period. I don't care what time of day. Okay. Um, so those are some of the challenges and like any business financial challenges always come up um, the restaurant business is brutal uh, it, one okay. of the biggest challenges that people do not understand in the food business and I don't care if you're in catering you have a food truck you have a restaurant um, the time commitment you make yeah. in the food business um, compared to your profit margin <laughs> Um, it's a lot of time. So you got to have a passion for not only the food, but I'll go back to hospitality. You know, learning the hospitality business, whether when I was young through McDonald's and those customer service skills, the the, the, the look and feel. And Dave, you know, when, when someone tastes your hot sauce and you get that compliment. Right. Um, exactly. You know, that, that's, it's a cool feeling, right? You create something. It's a confirmation of something. Yeah. You, you know, you, somebody you, else likes it. What do you have? Absolutely. You created something that brings a smile to someone's face. Um, they have curiosities. Mm -hmm. um, they want to know your story. Right. Wow. How do you think about this? How do you think about pairing this with this? Um, you know, so being able to create something is always cool. And I think people are enamored with that in the restaurant business without understanding mm -hmm. how much work behind the scenes you have to put in, how much time. And, you know, it's a labor-intensive 
business, the, the, the food business, the restaurant business. Right. Um, if you have no customers in the building, you still need two, three, four people there working because you never know when you're gonna get busy. Yeah. Well, labor costs money. Um, you gotta have the product. It may not be moving, but you put it on your menu. You have to have it in stock. Um, so there's a lot of money that gets tied up. Um, there's a lot of time that it takes. And I think a lot of people that wanna jump into the food business definitely miscomprehended the, the time commitment. Forget the financial commitment, right. the time commitment right. that it takes. And, and I think when we look at the mortality rate of restaurants, you hear all the time, oh my God, uh, you know, restaurants close in a year and a half or two years or whatever, or you'll hear something, 70% of all restaurants you know, close within three years yeah. and stuff like that. One of the biggest things that, that it's about, it's about burnout. Mm. You put, okay. you'll grow gray hairs really quick. Yes. Um, you know, so I always tell people is, if you have a passion for food, if you have a passion in the food business, work in it. Find out if you really like it. Yeah. <laughs> you well, know? Before you start the business, work the, the, in the industry. Correct. Work the industry. Understand the industry. If you want to, you you want a bar, you want a lounge. Make sure you bartended before. Right. Okay. Because you could be a good people person. Absolutely. But you don't have the mm -hmm. wits that it takes to run. Absolutely. I mean, if you, if you're gonna open up a bar and lounge, right? If you talk about the liquor business, um, the time to monetize liquor is between you know eight p.m. and 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 midnight. So you're talking about late hours where you're gonna make max production of your mm -hmm. of, of your of your um, of your product, which is liquor. Right. Well, if you don't want to be in your business at eleven o'clock at night, twelve o'clock at night, one o'clock at night, because you're worried about needing to be home, family life, and all of that, this is not the business of the industry for you. So I think a lot of it is we have to know ourselves. And we have to know what we're jumping out and get ourselves into. Yeah, I heard some people before. It's like, you know, if you want to get into this business, restaurant, work in a restaurant. Because why? Because if you make a mistake, it's not your money. It's your job. But if you jump in it right away, it's all your money. You bring your, all of your money there. I'd be so. want to be like that silent partner, you know, the investor. <laughs> own it, but not run it. That's tough, too, because... You know, it, Anytime you invest in any business, mm -hmm. you're always worried about who's running, who's using my money, yeah. right. who, who's looking after my money, who's right. watching my money. And the food business, like any business, but the food business, it's very easy for money to turn up missing. Well, you ever watch that show where they, they have the camera set up? The young kids at the bar giving free drinks away. And yeah, free yeah. pours, over pours, miss pours. Um, the way, yeah, it, it definitely adds up. And one of the big things I learned um, in consulting the hospitality business was I installed computer systems. Okay. And the computer systems are there to ensure that processes are met. Meaning, you know, when you punch in, when you clock out, um, watch inventory, look at reports, find out who's doing what. I can tell you when someone opened up that cash drawer. Mm -hmm. Why that drawer opened? Was it to tender a sale? Was it to get changed? Um, I would tie video surveillance cameras to the point of sale system. So now we can timestamp everything and now we're watching. You know, loss prevention is one of the biggest things that people don't think about. Right? Yeah. But we want to monitor shrinkage of your food product, shrinkage of your liquor product, mm. um, and systems specifically, technology, computer systems, a POS, are tools of the trade to keep track of these things. 
Well, I had a company uh, called PC Flex Touch Systems where I installed these systems for 18 years. So I learned the business in and out, working with entrepreneurs, proprietors, um, restaurant groups on how to look for the signs of someone stealing from you, taking from you, or how to maximize and make your business as, uh, as efficient as possible. How do restaurant owners or business owners receive the service that you're providing when you're pitching them that program? You know, it, it's funny. So when, listen, when you're doing sales, people think money first, right? Exactly. So it, it's almost like I'm being tuned out of what I can do for them mm-hmm. from a professional standpoint of, um, because at the end of the day, they're worried about what is this going to cost, cost me. Yeah, exactly. And we all have sticker shock with uh-huh. everything. It's like you drive this car and you think it's amazing. Right. And then you're like, whoa, and it's going to cost me how much? So like every business, you should always be worried about how you're going to fund the tools of the trade. Mm-hmm. Um, once you're able to figure out how to fund it, to answer your, your, your question, is they, there are certain business owners in the food business they know they need a POS system. So they're looking for the best value. Uh, they've been in the business sometime, they know they need it. They know they need it. They know they okay. need it, they're not scared of it. So there's two different types of buyers. You have the person that's getting in the restaurant business who doesn't understand mm-hmm. the tools of the trade. So I have to do a lot more selling and explaining. And then you have the person who's been, uh, they, they say their first time at the rodeo, they know they need a system, mm-hmm. but they know right away, hey, I need to be able to take get these reports. I want to be able to track this. Um, I want my system to be easy to split checks. I want to integrate credit cards. They give you their wish list. Mm-hmm. So now it's a lot easier because now I can just make sure I can meet their wish list and then I give them the value add. And by the way, I can also do this and this and this at no additional cost. And now you close them. Nice. So they, so you, just like any sales, mm-hmm. you want to understand what that client needs. Right. Need or or like the analysis. pain points. Like what? what's the pain points Absolutely. that you have to address? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and, that, and that goes across the board for any business. It's understanding. Um, but understanding the, the client and what their needs are. Um, go, goes a long way, but for the most part, they're receptive to the products of, uh, of a point of sale system. It's whether or not they can afford it. Now, mm. there's been a lot of disruption over the years, and when I say disruption, you have a lot of um, POS products now yeah. that are subscription based, mm. cloud based. Uh, they work on tablets. The cost of the um, uh, of the uh, equipment has gone down gone significantly. Down. Um, and the credit card companies have all gotten into the POS business, right? Mm-hmm. right? So now the credit card companies say, hey, um, we'll give you free POS software. You just have to process your credit cards with me, mm-hmm. all right? That, that doesn't mean you're going to get the best credit card rates because they have to get paid for the equipment that they're putting in front of you. But it does lower the barrier of entry. So, exactly. you know, it, it again, there's different different opportunities for different level entrepreneurs in, in the business so <clears throat> let's let's um touch on um what you do with the i love bpt so i remember um i think mayor finch was you know in office mm-hmm. and we used to do the downtown Thursday. It, it's awesome you know you got the pretty cool the latin the, the salsa and the reggae all these different cool local artists come mm-hmm. and perform downtown uh, on the green I remember um, I was going to go away. No, 
God, you guys kind of are you guys? Well, that, I got the story right. You guys yeah, saved no, that. that's pretty good, Dave. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's um. So Island Bridgeport was involved um, with the concerts uh, for a number of years on the marketing end of the concerts and executing the concerts along with the DSSD, which is the Downtown Special Services District. Um, when 2015 came around um, and the new administration came in uh, under Joe Gannon, uh, a couple things happened, but the DSSD felt that they were spending a lot of money on these concerts on the green, and they didn't feel a return on investment. They didn't feel that it was making an economic impact that they wanted. It wasn't drawing the audiences that they thought it would draw. And um, they just really felt that they did not want to spend their money on the concerts anymore. And the Finch administration was a big time supporter of the uh, concerts on the green. They made pretty hefty um, financial contributions. The last year, I remember, it was probably close to $40,000 from the city of Bridgeport. Well, we were on the marketing end of things in terms of um, I Love Bridgeport. We got the word in maybe May of 2015 that the concerts were not going to happen because neither the city nor the DSSD wanted to help fund this. Mm -hmm. And then supplemental monies came in from sponsorships. So we looked at each other and said, guys, this is not a good thing. Every time we have something good here in the city of Bridgeport, it gets taken away. We need to start controlling our narrative. And we have the talent and the resources to pull it together. So yes, we are um, professional consultants and doing economic and community development. However, we knew the entire process of running those concerts because we were already executing them. We just didn't have the money. So we had a meeting with the um, administration, with the city. We let them know, hey, we were the guys who did A, B, C, and uh, we'd like to take over the brand. And we ended up taking over the concerts. So we ended up taking over the brand of Downtown Thursdays and being in charge of the production of the concerts. The only difference was we went from a $125,000 budget the year before to zero dollars. In May of 2015, when the concerts start in June, and we busted our tails to raise money, use our resources, we went in our pockets, we, uh, we, we, we did a GoFundMe page, we did anything we could mm-hmm. to um, jumpstart and kick that, uh, keep that downtown. And we ended up doing five weeks of concerts on the green, and we kept kept it alive. And since then, we've continued to push this um, this concert uh, series downtown in Bridgeport, and it's continued to grow and grow. And now we draw about two to three thousand people every week, and we've highlighted it with the major old school hip hop concert. That we did, um, we actually started doing it at Harbor Yard Ballpark because we were drawing so many people that we could not possibly put it downtown in McCleavy Green. And the first um, old school hip hop concert that we did at the ballpark, we drew over 6,000 people. The next next year, we drew over 7,500 people at the Turnstiles. Fast forward to last year, the, the Bluefish did not get their contract renewed. Um, as you guys may have heard, there's a new amphitheater that's taken over where the ballpark is. So that venue has now been scrapped and taken away. So last year, we took that um, 
concert to Seaside Park and we drew over 8,000 people at Seaside show. Park at the band show. So, um, so I love Bridgeport as an instrumental in kind of keeping the concerts in the city, keeping them free, which I think it's, right. you know, if you think about other concerts, everyone wants to talk about Alive at Five and Stanford and oh my God, they're bringing these great major acts in the, but for starters, we're talking about two different economies. They have different type of corporate sponsors. They're charging twenty dollars a head. For the most part, you got to be twenty-one and over, so it's not kid-friendly anymore. Mm-hmm. We have the best, unique free concert series in the state, hands down, bar none. And it's free to the public. It's community, and it brings so many people into downtown Bridgeport. We bring our food trucks. We make sure that we get downtown merchants involved. And a lot of people just come down and they know their spot. They come, they set up their chairs. By 5.30, you already have hundreds of people waiting downtown for the concerts to kick off. And we go from 5.30 to 9 o'clock every Thursday. Um, This year is unique because this is the 10th year anniversary of the Downtown Thursdays concert series. So we have decided as the I Love Bridgeport team that we're doing uh, 10 weeks to commemorate the uh, oh, the 10th anniversary. Nice. So right now we're in full fundraising programming mode. We're soliciting sponsorships. We're going after our corporate sponsors. Um, we're going after any types of source of funding that we can do. Uh, we've written for grants. We've done everything in our power to kind of um, keep these counters moving, keep highlighting um, uh, local talent, local bands, um, people from the Bridgeport region and being able to fund the arts and make sure that they're getting properly paid for their talents mm-hmm. and keeping it free for the residents of the city of Bridgeport. In case, just, just so, I hope I don't forget, but in case we forget later, do you mm-hmm. want to throw, throw out there a way of, um, if anybody's interested in funding yes. or, or donating, how you, can they do that? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, you can always keep up with, with what we're doing as a team with ilovebridgeport.com. That's I-L-U-V bpt.com iluvbpt.com um you can seek us out on facebook instagram twitter we have a very good social media following and we cross it with all our brands whether it's the bridgeport arts and cultural council uh collab exchange downtown thursdays um i love bridgeport um i also recommend downtown thursdays.com right, right so we do have separate websites for everything and the Downtown Thursdays is in conjunction with the Bridgeport Arts and Cultural Council. Um, so we're definitely looking for uh, for sponsors and and, um, any, and also volunteers. We get a lot of people from the community that just say, hey, listen, we love what you're doing. I can't help you out financially, but um, I'd love to be a part. And nice. you know, we get volunteers, we come up with, hey, what weeks are you available? And come down and help us set up. We pitch tents, we set up tables, and there's always a lot of work to do, and we definitely embrace all the community support um, that we've gotten over the years. Now, I remember one of the things that the kids enjoyed was those free movie nights. Who used to do those? Yeah, so good question. So the free movie nights was done by the Finch administration, and uh, they did a really good job one year putting it together and and how it was marketed, and they did a really good job. And they did about... um, five weeks, five or six weeks of movie nights on the green. Um, this new administration tried to do it once or twice, um, but poor execution. We'll, we'll just leave it there. Okay. Poor execution. Um, we have been approached in terms of, and we being Isla Bridgeport, we have been approached about doing movie nights on Baldwin Plaza, which is the um, 
the green space behind the courthouse downtown and uh, it always comes down to money listen we can execute we have the talent and capability to execute any types of programming um but it all comes down to money and without sponsors to fund these things um they don't happen uh the good thing is if to fund a movie night cost is probably about fifteen hundred dollars to fund a movie night for a week so if we wanted to do a five-week series we're probably looking at um maybe having about seventy five hundred dollars um, and, 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 and monies to be able to do this thing, right. but yeah, they were very well attended at one time and, and got a lot of a lot of families out and and uh, downtown is just a beautiful place to hang out. And when you have the families out there, you put a couple food trucks and yeah. uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it really it really works. And uh, you know, hopefully, we can bring them back. That's cool. That's cool. Um, now. And I appreciate it. That's a lot of knowledge, a lot of information. Exactly. Right? So, but I would still Wait. want to touch on. Go ahead. You were gonna say? No, we didn't even have to ask questions. He could he provided everything to yeah, us. That's the perfect. Ask away. I think you know one, one of the biggest uh, important things is um, that we got to be mindful of is misinformation. Yes. And yeah. I think there's a lot of misinformation. And I love to tell the I love Bridgeport story. That's why I was happy. I was surprised they knew of all the struggles we went through years ago to take mm-hmm. over those concerts. Because um, I love Bridgeport, you know. It's, yeah, so it's, I know these stories because you know I I love when Bridgeport do things like that, and then of course when they try to take it away. Yeah, because one one of the big things I mean now to this day everyone think, oh my God the city's doing this or the city's doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, the city does not do these things. Right. The people. They, the, the people make things yeah. happen. The city has their trouble balancing their budget, mm-hmm. and they have their problems funding uh, education. What is that famous quote that JFK said? What is it? It's not what you... Ask not what your country can do for you. That's what you can do for your country. Yeah, yeah. So, same thing goes for Bridgeport. Yeah, so people power. Listen, people power. We need to get involved in civics. We need to get involved in politics. We need to get involved in supporting business. We need to get involved in shaping our communities. We need to get involved in the safety of our communities. And all of these intersect. If your community is not safe, then people don't want to put businesses there. Right. If we feel safe... If we're investing in our communities with time, energy, and money, then businesses can survive. If businesses are surviving, they're creating jobs. If people have jobs, they're not walling out. It, I mean, it, it's basic, simple social economics. We need to start embracing one another as brothers and sisters and continue to mm-hmm. support one another on endeavors. And, um, and I think it's important to know that you're not in it by yourself. I think all of us, I mean, we all have dreams. We all have aspirations. Um, maybe not everybody's an entrepreneur, but that doesn't mean that people don't want to support. Right. Um, and uh, there's room for everybody in this game. And in a big city like, like Bridgeport, you know, I, I think um, it's all about opportunities, seeing opportunities, and uh, and jumping behind opportunities. And, uh, you know, you get them where you fit in. We're, we're talking about the Bridgeport, right? The yeah. I love Bridgeport, basically centered on Bridgeport. Do you get some interest from people outside Bridgeport or like from the uh, oh my god areas? Um, yeah, <laughs> it's funny you bring that up. So I love Bridgeport is not a nonprofit. All right, we are a professional consulting firm, mm-hmm. a group of consultants that um, you know look to strengthen the community through mm-hmm. through social engagement, economic empowerment, and social awareness. 
Uh, we've been in, listen. We we've, we've had talks with Thomas Strafford, people in Stanford. Mm-hmm. They're like, "Can you do I love Strafford? Can you do I love New Haven? Yeah. Can you do?" So it, I mean, we do have a business model there. Um, I think one of the cool things is that we get a lot of volunteers from out of town. We get a lot of people who come to Bridgeport to our concerts on the green to say, "Bar none, this is better than anything done anywhere else." Um, we're organized. It may not be as as um, as large as let's say uh, concerts on the New Haven Green, mm-hmm. um, but again, they're they're working with a five hundred thousand dollar budget. You can stay just about anything you want to do with that kind of money. Um, but we get great interest, man, from all over, from, from a lot of neighboring towns, and and a lot of support, um, and a lot of words of encouragement to just kind of keep doing what we're doing. Uh, but opportunities do get thrown our way all the time. Right. Um, right. But I think people are more fascinated with what we're doing on the. Uh, business and community development cycle and and what we're working doing with entrepreneurs what we're doing in terms of workforce development and what we're doing in terms of changing the way we think about economics and what it means for um young entrepreneurs business owners and the like and 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 how money moves around here but that with that that's a perfect segue um because i want to talk a little bit more on uh, collab exchange Talk about the people that you have in the, like in that store right now. Mm-hmm. So in the collab exchange, um, we have some awesome, uh, talented uh, business owners who have come on board in the collab exchange. And just to reiterate, the collab exchange is the retail co-op um, put together by the team of I Love Bridgeport to provide a creative co-working space for retailers. So you hear about these awesome co-working spaces popping up around the country. Um, we have the Beehive co-working space, downtown Bridgeport. You have great places like in New Haven. You have the Grove. You have the District. Um, there's co-working places all popping up everywhere. But these are like professional work environments. Where's the working environment for the creative who has something to sell? That person who's building their own clothing line. That person that has their own... Uh, men's hair grooming product, that person that makes candles, Mm -hmm. um, waxes and soaps, that person that makes their own custom jewelry, uh, vintage, um, someone who makes vintage furniture, someone that makes their own housewares. Where is that creative co-working space for them to sell their products, goods and services in an economy that has retail dining? We wanted to reinvigorate and redesign and rethink the way retail happens in an urban market. And you grow a city from the inside out. Well, the inside is downtown. We need a vibrant downtown Bridgeport in order to create a nice, cool, sustainable, livable, walkable city. That makes us attractive. That makes us cool. When you're attractive and cool, guess what? Larger corporate companies say, I want my company there because I see... I, I see talent there, I see uh, a cool place to live, I see schools getting better. So all these things go hand in hand. So in terms of the collab exchange, we've been able to attract some pretty awesome um, entrepreneurs. So some of the entrepreneurs that we have there right now, we have um, Simply She Boutique, uh, which makes um, custom clothing uh, that's empowering to women. Uh, also, um, she has some really cool, um, uh, whether it's uh, body sprays and, and, and facial soaps, a, a lot, a lot of clothing, a lot of stuff within that Simply Sheen um, brand. We have TW Home Essentials, 
Um, she has awesome uh, fragrances of candles, wax melts, and um, air fresheners, and a lot of things within her lifestyle um, brand. Mm. We have Blow, which is Building Levels of Wealth, which is a great um, clothing line uh, inspired for women. Um, and, uh, you know, just high quality products, anything from from uh, from leggings to sweatshirts to to hats and beanies and all kind of cool stuff like that. Um, we have uh, bags and things, which is a nice cool um, co-op member that just came on board that um, sells a ton of um, cool, inspiring uh, uh, accessories, bags, totes, and, and, and stuff of like that. We have uh, culture clothing is there. We have the diasporan room, which does creative uh, custom housewares. Uh, we have uh, Soul Daily, which has um, uh, cool um, body butters, beard butter, and, and a lot of uh, uh, all-natural um, uh, grooming products. We have Elements Hair Care, men's hair care grooming products uh, within the stool. Uh, we have Made in Bridgeport, which is um, an artist creative, Robin Gilmore, who's been around the scene for some time. Uh, she runs the City Lights Vintage downtown Bridgeport as well. Um, but she has a lot of her vintage jewelry made out of our place. Uh, we have Melita Creates, which is another custom jewelry. We have uh, Stokes the Designer, which um, Shaw Stokes, shout out to you. One of the first collab members and just great inspiring designer. Uh, creates um, bags, accessories, custom footwear to, to um, custom headwear, uh, bands. She can pretty much design anything in terms of clothing and, and sewing and just doing some really cool things um, in there. So we have a pretty good um, a, a array of businesses that have come in and uh, we're con we're consistently growing. But the collab right now is up to um, a little over 20 uh, businesses mm -hmm. within the uh, within the collab. I love the, the whole um, the skit. The, the, the house, you guys, it's pretty cool. It's, they, yeah, so if you haven't been to the the, the, uh, the, yeah. co the collab exchange, is uh, 1123 Main Street, downtown Bridgeport, just a stone throw away from the um, from the Holiday Inn, and it's part of the new HSW building, which is the old Herald, Secu Herald Security Wheeler building. Okay. Uh, and there's uh, 79 apartments that are right above, and uh, and we're on the ground floor, and okay. um, we have a new business that just opened up next to us called uh, Kids Candy Vintage. Um, which is a kid, uh, kids clothing store where they make custom uh, clothing for kids. You can go in there and um, buy your jeans and get them, uh, get them bedazzled. Get them, uh, you know, you can get them uh, screen printed. You can get them. Uh, uh, you can do all kinds of stuff. They have something called a genius bar where you can design your own set of jeans. <laughs> wow! You know, so it's a very cool, unique concept for kids. Uh, I encourage people to check that out. Um, in the building, we also have Boulevard Karaoke, which is a, a, a one-of-a-kind uh, right. cool spot opening up downtown Bridgeport, which is a, uh, a karaoke bar. Karaoke. And um, nice. you, you have a nice karaoke bar, and they have up to five private rooms for you to have your own karaoke party, mm -hmm. whether you're on a date night with your, you and your wife, mm -hmm. and you want your own private room, or you can have a group of uh, 15 people to 30 people. And uh, they hire them, by the way, guys, so reach out to them. <laughs> reach out, um, follow them on Instagram, and um, yeah. Yeah, so cool stuff. So the Collab Exchange, I, I mean, the energy has been fantastic. Again, I want to shout out my business partner, Natalie Price, a Price's consultant. Uh, we go back and forth as professional business consultants, our job is always to kind of meet the needs of the business owners 
And a lot of the business owners and creatives, they have a tough time um, understanding how to monetize their mm. talents. Uh, we have a lot of artists that, that um, come into the collab. Uh, a lot of people creating some cool stuff and they know how to sell their product. But they may be green on, on bookkeeping, how to get their product uh, selling online better, um, social media, branding, um, a lot of different things. Mm. The, the cool thing is social media has been very good for a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs to get going. Our job is to work with them to perfect their craft and help them grow and scale. Our goal is to take people out of the collab and put them into their own brick and mortar retail store, okay. hopefully somewhere within downtown, so that we're activating these empty storefronts, mm. right? Think about it. Uh. Empty storefronts equals blight. Mm. Empty storefronts means that that place is not desirable. Empty storefronts means that no business can survive there. It's not good business. No, it's, it's not, not good, good for business, business, right? So what we're doing in I Love Bridgeport is we're going in and we're challenging these business mm -hmm. owners, um, these landlords, these real estate developers, that the longer you keep these spaces empty, mm -hmm. you're making my city look bad. Exactly. And I'm holding you accountable for not allowing businesses to open and thrive in your place. Now, why do businesses not open and thrive in these spaces? Because they are asking for too much money where they have priced this out. Okay. And if I wanted to pay $25, $28, $30 a square foot per retail space, you know what? I'd open in Stanford. I would open downtown Milford. Mm -hmm. I would open in New Haven because that's where the market rate and the value is at. And that's where the people are. We're not there in Bridgeport. So you can't ask for a price that is not sustainable. So we have to go in there and champion for the little guy mm. and let these guys know that this ain't gonna work. But there's a reason why those spaces are empty and it's not from lack of interest, is they simply have priced us out. Um, and we need to change that narrative. So that's one of the big things that, behind the scenes, that's what I Love Bridgewood is really doing. Mm. Throwing concerts and all of that, I mean, that's us volunteering our time. We don't make no money on that. Right, that's, right. Made, that's sheer on the luck. That's sheer on the love of the city and what we know it does for the city in terms of boosting morale, bringing people downtown, getting people to enjoy and explore. Uh, I'll throw one other gem out there that we're doing this year that's unique. I mentioned that it's 10 year, we're doing 10 year anniversary. Right. We're doing 10 weeks. But one thing that we're doing is we're also introducing a marketing initiative called Downtown Thursdays, which is Park, Walk, and Explore where we're actually starting six weeks prior to the concert. We're working our home marketing initiative to get people to just change their habits to come downtown Bridgeport every Thursday night. It's happening. Now we got the bars engaged, we have the restaurants engaged, we have the retailers staying open later. Downtown Thursdays need to start happening and it starts with people just coming downtown. And we're going on an all-out marketing initiative mm -hmm. to get Bridgeport residents to come downtown. Notice I said Bridgeport residents. Mm -hmm. We have 160,000 plus people in a big city like Bridgeport. We do a great job, believe it or not, attracting people from Monroe, Trumbull, Stratford, mm -hmm. Westport. We're getting people from out of town to come downtown. Don't think for one second. Anyone says people are afraid to come downtown Bridgeport is the biggest lie ever told. We have a problem getting people who live in the hollow, the east side, the east end, Black Rock, and the north end to jump in their car and come downtown. When we accomplish that, 
it will be game changing for the downtown landscape for business. And that's what we're looking to accomplish with the downtown Thursdays this year is start the habit of everyone coming downtown, hanging out. We got all these great places. We have the Bijou Theater, the Downtown Cabaret, the Stress Factory. We have the Four Corner Billiards. You have McCleavy Hall there. You have the Baldwin Plaza. You have the arena. You have an, an amphitheater coming up. We have 30 plus restaurants and eateries downtown. You have the gorgeous space in the arcade mall. We have all these great things happening downtown, yet Bridgeport residents have no idea it's happening. So we need to, we need to start plugging them in and getting them there. You mentioned about that, you know, the biggest lie about Bridgeport. It's mm-hmm. like something people have a preconceived notion what Bridgeport is. It's like yeah. people, Bridgeport has a reputation, not so good to some other people not from Bridgeport. It's like, what could you tell them right now? Like, what's different in Bridgeport and how that's different? Yeah, so so Bridgeport has a stigma that dates exactly. back to the to the 80s when, mm-hmm. when things were really bad, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we haven't been that place in, in the last 15, 20 years. Um, Bridge was not as bad as, as people think. Um, there's no substitute whatsoever for getting people to come down and visit. And I meet people every day in my restaurant at Moe's Burger Joint. Um, I meet out-of-towners all the time to stay at the Holiday Inn, cross the street, and they're like, wow, this place is cool. Oh, man, I went down the street and saw this place. Um, people get excited when they come and, and say, oh, my God, I didn't know this was here. We have so many bridge borders that have no idea what's happening downtown, what has opened, what's around, and there's no substitute for getting people to come there and walk around. So I advise everyone, um, explore. Explore. I tell people, hey man, get your friends, get your buddies together, get mm-hmm. your wives, get your crew of eight, 10 people, and create a little diners group. And you know what? Every two weeks, pick a spot downtown to say, we going downtown to eat. Yes, right, so you get your crew together and be like, yo, we're going to go here. We're going to go to the Colombian's restaurant. We're going to El Pueblito. We're going to go to to uh, Eat Noodle. We're going to go to Abuchella restaurant. We're going to go to Metric Barn Grill. We're going to go to Miss Delma's restaurant. Um, we're going to go to Harlan House. We're going we're, we're gonna to go to Moe's Burger Joint. We're yeah. going to go just get together, go out there, and explore. Try something new. Try something you haven't done before. I also tell everyone, Especially Bridgeporters. If you've never been to the Downtown Cabaret Theater, do yourself a favor, buy a ticket, walk in, and come out and press. Yes. The Bijou Theater's booking bands and all kind of great activities over there. That place is awesome. That's one of the oldest theaters in the, in, in the country. Go check it out. I feel like, Kelvin, um, you can give me a travel guide for Bridgeport and I'll explore Bridgeport and share it with everybody. You know, you, you know everything. He's the resource yeah, person yeah, right here. So. It, yeah. That, yeah. So it, it, and and that doesn't happen by mistake. Listen, okay. I, I have great people around me. I have great team. Uh, whip, I love Bridgeport. And bottom line is, if we don't champion it, who mm-hmm. will? Exactly. And yeah. it's it's hard to get engaged in, in in conversation about subjects. You know, how can I talk about the safety of the city, or talk politics of the city, or talk about business in the city without? knowing real details and real facts. Mm-hmm. The reality is I talk a lot about these things because I have skin in the game. Yeah. I've invested in my city. I employ people in my city. I have money at stake in the city to lose. Um, a lot of people don't have that uh, vested interest. So if you don't have a vested interest in anything, you're not going to be passionate about it. Right. 
Um, so I can go on and on about the city, but I'm passionate about any any communities around the entire state. You know, we could talk about Hartford, New Haven, Waterbury, New London, Danbury, Waterbury. That's what I do um, professionally as a business and economic development consultant. Is I'm trying to sell how cool our state can be. We have a lot of other issues. We could talk about taxes and tolls and what's happening statewide. Listen, bottom line is, for a small state, let's talk about hospitality and restaurants, right? And foodies and entrepreneurs and caterers. For a small state, we are dense and rich with some of the best cuisine you will find anywhere, right? You could go anywhere around. To take a city like Bridgeport. Think about all the awesome cuisine we have, whether it's Asian cuisine, Spanish cuisine, um, you know, vegan cuisine. We have amazing restaurants. Well, we need to talk about those. We need to share that information. So I think we just have a lot of, you know, at our disposal. And that's part of culture. You know, it's part of our cultural scene. It's part of our makeup. We have parades. We celebrate every every nationality. We just celebrated St. Patrick's Day Parade here in Bridgeport. We do Columbus Day Parades, Puerto Rican Day Parades, Haitian Flag Day. We, we have all these great activities that happen. And then the Barnum Parade. We have things other cities would, would love to have. But we don't champion it. Sometimes we take it for granted. Um, so I think that's important because I think all of these things, again, we're talking about business, we're talking about food, we're talking about creativity, um, selling Dave's Angry Sauce. We have all these great platforms for vending and people and sharing and exploring. We need to bring them all together. No more is working independently. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. So we got to bring, bring, bring collaboration. Yeah. We need to collaborate and have fun. Yeah, and that's why you know that's why we're here. You know, late night potluck show. You know, it's it's to do that. You know, it's to bring um, you know, shine some light in some Bridgeport and then New Haven. There's some great things happening in Connecticut, and I definitely have a passion for you know highlighting Bridgeport. You know, um, but going back, rapid change. You said there's a member. You become a member. When you become a member. What are the perks? What are what, what are the services? Gotcha. So the Collab Exchange has a couple of tiers. We we broken it down to three tiers to have different barriers of you know, lower barriers of entry. So um, at the top tier we have a three hundred dollar a month uh, tier, a hundred fifty dollar a month tier, and a seventy five dollar a month um, option as well. At three hundred dollars, you're all in as a co-op member. Okay. So the members of the co-op. Um, have to adhere to our bylaws. So we have rules of how we operate as a family, as an entrepreneur community within the co-working space. Uh, every member must adhere to the to the, to the bylaws. Um, at three hundred dollars, you get about um, uh, sixty-five to seventy-five square feet of retail space. Um, you can use the uh, the space as your mailing address. Um, you have access to the space as a co-working space. You want to hold. Um, uh, you have access to all our free workshops. So we do business development uh, workshops. We do one-on-one um, coaching and mentoring. We do 90-day goal setting um, with our co-op members. So you're getting this for this value. At $150, not much changes except that um, you get a little bit less retail space and we charge a uh, commission, uh, 10% commission on all your sales. So at $300, we don't charge any commission on your sales. So if you sold $1,000 worth of merchandise, we pay off bi-weekly um, or twice a month, and uh, we 
paying you out whatever you sold, less the sales taxes. So if we think about it, we're reducing the risk, we're absorbing the cost of credit card fees, we're reporting the taxes to the state of Connecticut, we're taking away a lot of things that you need to do so you can focus on building um, and growing your brand. And so what we're selling as I Love Bridgeport and the Collab Exchange, we are selling professional business development services and in exchange, you are getting retail space and an opportunity to grow and scale your brand. Mm. All within a um, an ecosystem of entrepreneurs that are supportive of one another. We also bring on collaboration. So now we have a lot of um, the business owners collaborating on projects and working on projects and teaming up. And now they're pricing out things and working on things together. Um, we are doing the Maker's Fair in Westport coming up where we're going to Westport to go represent the city yes. of Bridgeport mm-hmm. on, hey, th- we're the collab exchange and these are some cool um, uh, businesses that are within the collab and what we're doing. Uh, and That's a good idea. Yeah, and now we're creating that. This is a new vending opportunity for a lot of people. Yeah. We're subsidizing the cost of that. So again, we're dropping the barrier of entry. Um, we also create buyers groups. That's another uh, perk. So um, if you're printing t-shirts and you know, you want you you need twenty black T-shirts to print on. Well, we may have five other members of the collab that need some T-shirts. Now we're buying a hundred shirts, hundred fifty shirts. So we're reducing again, dropping price, the price, and allowing um, passing it on to each other, sharing resources and all that kind of stuff. So it's we, we really put together a real solid um, business working environment for entrepreneurs that's very supportive and. Um, Everyone has been buying in, and it's been really, really cool. Awesome, awesome. That's, that's awesome. Um, we're way past our <laughs> our slot, so let's start wrapping this up. What else? What plugs? What shoutouts? What upcoming? Yeah, in terms of uh, in terms of plug, uh, March 30th, Collab Exchange, 1 p.m., downtown Bridgeport on Main Street, 1123 Main Street, is the official grand opening and, and ribbon cutting for the shops at the HSW uh, with Rapper Massage, Kids Candy Vintage, um, Collab Exchange, and Boulevard Karaoke. Uh, you'll be able to do first look tours of the uh, karaoke bar, so come on down. Uh, 1 o'clock is the official ribbon cutting. Um, be on the lookout for the Downtown Thursdays um, marketing initiative. I believe we're starting uh, third week of May. So be on the lookout for that. Um, in terms of uh, shout out, shout out to my I Love Bridgeport team. Um, shout out to uh, my staff over at Mo's Burger Joint who always works hard, puts up with me. Uh, shout out to my family that consistently puts up with me, putting in late hours and, um, you know, uh, and, and just shout out to, to the real doers, the people that are making things happen. Shout out to you guys putting together a podcast and creating a platform um, for people to come and discuss food, business, and just topics of interest to people. Um, so I have a high level of respect for people that are doing it. Um, well, you know, I, I have a thing where you know we, we, we laugh and we talk about Instagram models. Well, I tell everyone, beware of Instagram entrepreneurs. You have a lot of Instagram entrepreneurs that never done anything, never sold anything, never created a job, but all of a sudden they have self-help books. Yeah. Um, so be mindful of, uh, of what's out there, you know. So um, I have a big appreciation for those that are doing, that, that are really doers and making it happen. Uh, the final plug, I'll just say from a business standpoint, um, I tell everyone, you know, work on your craft, you know, 
be mindful, be respectful, be humble, be willing to learn, ask the questions. I used to say fake it till you make it. And then uh, I was reminded, you know, um, watching uh, a few things that you can fake it till you make it, right? Which is great. But be careful because you might try and fake it to someone who's already made it. Mm. And they can spot you out. Yeah. And that could be the contact and the resource that you needed to get over the hump. So be humble, be, be humble, be able to acknowledge uh, what you're good at, be able to acknowledge where you need help. Uh, take it all in, absorb, help other people, and, 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 and the rewards always come back. I heard a new one. It was learn it till you earn it. Nice. I like that. I like that, right? Learn, learn it till you earn it. That's pretty That's much good. the opposite of faking it till you uh-huh. make it. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us. You know, um, I'm trying to... You know, when you're having fun, you got good topics. Time mm-hmm. flies, you know. So I feel like, damn, like we could probably be. Wow, here we can talk. Hour. We, we right. can talk about forever, <laughs> but I, I appreciate you, you gentlemen, for having me on here. Uh, sorry, I missed the rest of the team. I know I, I, I've worked with Chef Raquel a few times, and and uh, she's awesome and inspiring. And I think you've got a great team here, Absolutely. Uh, doing some some cool things. And um, just happy to be here. And uh, and um, I, I'm gonna call myself number nine now. I don't know if anyone's watched the Umbrella Academy. Yes. On, on Netflix. Yes, yes. And, and they go by number. You know? I'm number nine, man. <laughs> I feel good. So from now on, every time, Dave, feel free. You call me number, number nine. Number nine. I know, nine. I know, huh? We good money. How can they follow you? Uh, you can follow me, uh, PCPlexConsultants.com, MostBurgerJoint.com, Collab-Exchange.com, vice versa. You can put in any of that stuff in Google. Uh, do a search. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, I'm not hard to find. I'm pretty accessible. Google Kelvin Ayala, A-Y-A-L-A. Uh, <laughs> I, I typically pop up in some way, shape, That's how I found that picture. And, uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but, but good stuff. Again, uh, you know, just again, hum- humble to be here. Thanks for the platform. And, uh, you know, let's keep sharing. Real. Um, yeah, just sharing some information for food entrepreneurs out there. Um, there's a f- food incubator program that's happening in Reset uh, that's in Hartford area. So you, you're in that area or anywhere in Connecticut, it's drivable. So it's a food incubator program, a six-week program that will teach you. Uh, it's more of like mentorship program and gives you courses uh, about business planning, marketing, branding, pricing of products and getting to market. So this is a very good one for food entrepreneurs. When I was starting, I mean, the, uh, my, my own business, um, I don't... I, I was looking for something like this, but good thing they just pop up. It's never too late yeah. to get into this program. Um, the good thing about it, it happens on Wednesday nights from 5.30 to 8.30. So if you have a daytime job, then this is a good fit for you. Right. And the better thing about it, it's it's free. That's awesome. So it's free. So, you know, take uh, take note, um, resetco.org. So to get more information. Um, deadline is April 3rd. So make sure you check it out right away. Cool. Thank, Thank you for sharing that. How can I follow you? Love the kick snacks and Instagram and Facebook. Thank you. This is Dave, Dave's Angry Sauce. Follow me on Instagram and Facebook with the same handle. And you can visit my website at davesangrysauce.com. And don't forget to follow Late Night Potluck Show on Instagram and Facebook. And check out the t shirts. Link is on the bio. Thank you for joining us. Awesome. And Dave's uh, Angry Mac coming coming soon. <laughs> coming soon. soon. <laughs> Dave's Angry's back. Got, um, got, got to get the wife's permission on, the, uh, on using the recipe. Yeah. Though. <laughs>
<laughs> Dave's <laughs> wife's angry Mac. <laughs> <laughs> well, have a good night, guys, and we'll be back next week. Uh, every other Monday is when we release the episode on SoundCloud. Thank you. Peace. Thank Thanks for listening. Be sure to join us next time. This is a Gorilla Podcast Network production.